countries that themselves are landlocked. They do not have a territory connected to an ocean. One, two, three, or four. A, B, C, or D. You don't even have to write that one down. Question number two is all about baseball. And please read this carefully. For all Major League Baseball franchises that were ever based in Washington, how many world championships have they won? Major League franchises that were based in Washington. Four, six, eight, or ten. Make your guesses. Make your guesses. Let me pray for our speaker, and then Pastor Michaels will come up for a minute. Heavenly Father, we're gathered today to receive your word. Lord, I ask that you bless the, the um, preparation that went into today's message in Luke. I ask that you um, use Dewey to speak to us as we go out today, that we the Holy Spirit move in us and change us as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Around. All right, I'll be uh, very brief. If you know anything about uh, the leadership style here at BCC, we are constantly uh, bringing people in to serve as leaders, and then we, after we experience their excellent leadership, we do still move them on, and that goes from elders all the way down. And so I want to thank Michael for his leadership of the men's ministry here for the last couple of years. I was just telling the good Lord that especially during a terrible pandemic year. Could not have had a better leader. You are certainly God's man uh, for such a time as this. So, Derek, hold this for me for a minute. So we have a small gift for you and Mary to use, but what's become a kind of a traditional gift for the ones that live here leading is uh, standing against the fight of evil. We're going to give you a St. Michael standing on the head of Satan uh, here to put uh, somewhere, and every time you look at it, remind uh, yourself that you led us, as I said, during a particularly tough time. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your That's courageous leadership. If you haven't heard already, Michael is going to be succeeded by Derek Murray, who is going to now take over and lead the uh, men's ministry. So let's let you do your first official act, since I just gave him the uh, angel and the gift card. And how about praying a blessing for uh, Michael, and we'll get off the stage and let Dave come up here. All right, sounds good. Oh, Lord, I just thank you so much for, for Michael and for his leadership for two years. Lord, I just thank you for his heart, that he loves you desperately. And Father, I pray that as we uh, look in the book of Luke and we study about heaven, that, Father, I just pray that you give us that joy, that sense of anticipation and longing for that, that someday when we will be face to face with our Lord and Savior. And, and that's what it's all about. That's why we're here this morning. That's why Michael serves so long for so hard, um, because he loves you. And, and that's the joy and the hope of our lives and our salvation, Lord, just just bless Dave as he comes and delivers the word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
How cool is that? Somebody else drafted to lead men's ministry. That's just awesome. So it's a beautiful thing. Well, good morning. God is good. Yes, he is. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's uh, been involved in the world of coffee, whether that's this morning, uh, not just Michael, but uh, the, on Sunday as well. So if you still are interested in uh, having your table take over a, an opportunity to, to serve coffee to the church, you can send a note to first serve at birdcommunity.com if you want to do that. Um, but I do want to just tell you, uh, again, thanks for, uh, for being here. And uh, I have um, once again got the easy, I drew the easy straw, the long straw, or the, the, not the short one. Um, last time I had part of one chapter, and now I'm coming off the heels of Dallas, who had to do like a chapter and a half, and I'm back to, eh, it's just a chapter for Dave, and I don't know if it's because the training wheels are still on or what, but, uh, you know, it, it's a good thing. I, I don't know if you all have ever had the experience where someone has tapped you on the shoulder without you knowing about it and says, hey, I've got an idea for you, like I'm sure we did with Mike to lead men's ministry. Um, it, it happened to me a, maybe a couple of times in my life, but once we were on an assignment in southern Illinois, not far from where my parents grew up at uh, Scott Air Force Base, and I was minding my own business as a uh, major, trying to maintain the frozen middle as like a good staff officer should. Uh, and then suddenly the two-star appeared at my cubicle, and he said, Hi, Dewey. I'm going to give you a choice this morning. You can either uh, come work for me as my executive officer, or you can slit your wrists. And I said, sir, it's just great to have a choice, you know, in, in life. And uh, that sounds great. I'll, I'll think about that. And then he left, and I thought, I wondered, what is this about? Because there was no application. Nobody was, was saying, hey, who wants to be the new exec to the two-star? Shortly after the general left, uh, the general saying, Charlene, came down to the cubicle. Uh, Charlene. Charlene's about four foot nothing. I'm slightly taller. She comes up to me and looks up at me and says, I just want you to know, I know your parents. I know your grandparents. I know everything about you. And we're going to get along just fine, aren't we? And I looked down and I said, yes, ma'am, we absolutely are. It's going to be great. So um, it was uh, pretty astonishing to me, and we did. It was a, it was a lot of hard work, but it was, it was a, a wonderful uh, season, and, and Charlene actually did know my, my family quite well, and I, I didn't have any idea uh, that that was going on. And I think in some small way, both the general, who I think was just trying to help somebody, uh, and I needed a lot of help, uh, and Charlene had their own sense of joy in coming down the hall that day, uh, and maybe the experience that we had together for the next year uh, about somebody, uh, you know, coming up with somebody and having a plan for their life and watching them succeed, uh, or sometimes not. Um, but, uh, but there is a perspective about it. A lot of times we look at, at things how we perceive them, and we don't necessarily see how God is at work behind all of these things that we do. And, there, and, and God experiences joy there is joy in heaven, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. It's going to go fast, and uh, it's all about man's redemption from sin, uh, significant revelation about God's character through his word. These are all familiar stories to you, uh, and I'm certain you've heard some amazing sermons about at least one of these stories, and I just want to 
disabuse you of the notion that you're about to receive another one. That's not going to happen this morning, okay? So I just want you to be aware. Uh, but uh, maybe, maybe you'll get something out of it. I hope you will. I know I have. It does seem like last week when we heard from Dallas, this was pretty difficult news. There's this narrow door, narrow gate. Only a few are going to find it. That's a big problem for us sinners. And today we're going to see a little bit about what God has done and is doing and what your response should be. So these stories are about joy. We're going to talk about the who, the why, and the how. The who in each of these stories is going to give us, I think, some glimpse into God's character. God has revealed his word to us, but it's still not possible for us finite humans to understand God completely. Some of those insights has given us his word. He's given us some insights, and I think you can see some of those insights on display, and I'll try to point those out to you. The why, why did we, why is, why are these stories important? This is all about the mystery of salvation, and whether you're an Arminian or Calvinist in terms of your perspective on these things, I think you could, you'll see maybe both sides of that that coin, if you will, uh, and I'm not here to, to argue for one, one or the other, but I do think that um, the, the salvation of men is another of, of the deepest mi- uh, uh, mysteries of God uh, and mystery in our life, but the character of God and how we are saved is also revealed uh, in these stories, uh, and it's all about how we deal with the narrow door and not just we on this side of it, but God on the other side. Sorry. There we go. All right. First story, lost sheep. We know about this one, right? So the um, so the, to set the stage, we've just talked about the narrow door and what's happened. All the, the sinners and the tax collectors and the people that they know are in trouble are coming to Jesus because they, they need a solution about this narrow door. And the crowd is gathering, but also the 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 teachers and the Pharisees are coming here and saying, what's this guy here for? You know, he's, doesn't he understand this crowd that he's with? This is not the in crowd. These are the sinners. These are the problem in society. And Jesus stops and he starts telling these stories. And the first one he says is about the lost sheep. Now, which one of you, and I'm not sure which of the you he's talking about, is he talking to the Pharisees? Is he talking to the entire crowd? Probably both. If you had 100 sheep, you wouldn't just, and you and you counted and you got to 99, and you double-checked your figures and you're still at 99, you, who, which one of you wouldn't stop and go get them, right? I mean, I think this was a story that everybody could, could kind of get. The who's who here is not hard. Um, it's, um, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Lord Jesus is the shepherd. And Jesus tells us in John's gospel, the 10th chapter, that, that Jesus, he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Um, and I, I would just encourage you, if you are in a, as a side note, if you're in a down time, just read John chapter 10. That's I mean, just, it's good for you. Um, and then, uh, you know, we see the, uh, the why in this chapter uh, pretty easily too, and we were warned. Pastor Alec told us yet, uh, on uh, Sunday morning at the child dedication, right? These little cute precious children, because that's what who wander, because that's what sheep kind of do. And we know in our in our uh, heart of hearts that, that we wander too, as, as, might, as together as you might think you are, uh, you know you're a wanderer. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, all of us 
like sheep have gone astray and each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the wrongdoing of us all to fall on him. Him being the uh, suffering servant in Isaiah, that's Jesus. Uh, so you get it, you're a wanderer, maybe you're thankful you have a good shepherd who will lay down his life for you, but this story is also about how that happens. And here we see the, the shepherd goes and finds the sheep. He doesn't say 99's pretty good, you know, acceptable losses, eh, you know, 99, I'll just go with that. No, it's one out of 100. I, and is, uh, is it up to the sheep? to find his way back? Does the shepherd go along and say, hey, that way, you know, go, go over there. It's, it's not a hint. The shepherd goes, he gets him, just picks him up on the shoulders. I've got you. I'm taking you. I'm bringing you back. Um, that's amazing to me. Uh, and I don't know if you have ever felt like that lost sheep. Uh, I've, I've mentioned before, you know, that uh, my time in my life, losing my parents as a younger man and feeling like I don't know what to do. I mean, I can't, I can't do basic stuff like how am I supposed to work this shop back or what's, you know, what's this uh, metal piece of triangle stuff for with, uh, it's a roofing square, but it's a triangle. I don't know any of this stuff. I mean, normally I'd call my dad, but I don't have a dad. So I got, I got Wikipedia or, you know, I feel like this is, is this a, the right or wrong feeling? I don't have mom to ask about. So I got WebMD. I mean, you know, these are very, very poor substitutes for, you know, having somebody in your life that you can, you can kind of go to. Uh, and I'm kind of an independent minded guy anyway. I'll just kind of figure it out. But that, that's, those are all just signs of being lost. You know, just kind of out there wandering, and I need a shepherd. I need somebody to just come and get me. Is that going to happen? Well, it says here that that is exactly what happens. The shepherd comes for us. Uh, and then, don't miss how it ends, though. He says, uh, what man among you wouldn't do the same? And then he says, there's a party. There's joy in heaven. He gathers his friends and neighbors talking. This is not with me. This is the shepherd talking. This is not us. This is not all of us getting together saying, great, Dewey found his way back somehow. No, this is God in heaven. This is Jesus, after he's rescued us, celebrating about what he has essentially done. Rejoice with me. Okay, second story, lost coin. Um, now, I don't know if you have ever, maybe you've done this before with uh, uh, maybe, maybe yourself, if you have uh, maybe a little bit of a OCD or CDO, which is in alphabetical order as God intended, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, things need to be just so, and you've got your stuff, and if you're missing one piece of your stuff, things kind of go off the rails, and, uh, you know, we've had my, my mother-in-law living with us, she's starting to suffer dementia, and she likes her chapstick, you know, so we, we've got some chapstick around the house and inevitably come down into the kitchen and what's wrong? I can't find my chapstick. Okay, that's what we call time out. And everybody goes and now we go looking. We, we light lamps, we sweep houses. Uh, eventually somebody told me a trick. Hey man, you should just like carry a couple of extra chapstick in your pocket. Look, Judy, I found it. It's great, it's right here. But that's not what happened in this story, okay? So we're, we're gonna get back to scripture and away from my mother-in-law, which is always a better place to be. So... Uh, 
Now, the who's who in this story is uh, maybe not obvious at first glance, so, but I think you might notice a few things. This story is about a woman. So what other imagery do we have in Scripture that is, refers to metaphorically a woman? Um, how about the church as the bride of Christ? Now, the church has to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit if it's going to accomplish God's will. So I'm talking about the, the true church that is operating in the, in the power of God, in the spirit of God, uh, to accomplish his will and to bring him glory. So I hope that you can see with me that perhaps the woman in this story is the church and is the church acting in the spirit's power to find what is lost. Now I want to think a little bit more about this coin. How easy is it for the coin to get found? You know, is there, do you guys have the uh, find my coin on your phone? Do you have that app that says, hey, I'm over here. I, I fell and I rolled quite a ways and I'm actually under this other piece of furniture over in the thing and I'll just start beeping and you can come find me. No, there's not a, if you have that app, let's talk later, but it's not how things work. That there isn't, there isn't one. That's not how things work. Um, you, you have to, uh, you have to search if you're the woman. Uh, and, but why? Why would she search? Is it because she has CDO or is it because these coins have value to her? The coins may not realize that there are other coins. They're not necessarily valuable one to the other. They may think they're all the same, but the woman is the one that holds the value in those coins. Um, and as the, as the spirit is also our creator God, uh, we have great value to him as well. Um, now the how of this story, she goes to great lengths. She lights lights, she moves furniture, she's sweeping where she hasn't swept before. She's uncovering all kinds of things uh, to find what is lost. Uh, nine out of 10 is not enough. We want 10 out of 10. Uh, and then, how does it finish? She says, I'm going to go call. I found it. This is great. Uh, and now I'm going to have a party. The, the, the friends and neighbors, we, we need to come over and celebrate because I found my coin. That, now, who's, who's the we? This is the, this is the Holy Spirit, perhaps. He is the one saying, I want to celebrate with the host of heaven. I want to rejoice because I found what was lost. I, God. All right, last story. This is the big one. This parable is only found in Luke, uh, and it, but it, it matches with the other stories. We've, we've seen one story about the son, the shepherd, and another story about the spirit, the uh, operating in the bride of Christ, the church as the woman. So naturally here, we have the who, who, who's who? We have the father and his children, two sons. Um, and uh, I don't think it's very difficult for us to figure out where we are in the story. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to figure out which of the sons you're more like. I don't think that's the point of what I'm going to um, get into this morning, but, but you get the idea of at least, uh, you know, who's who and who Jesus is trying to explain the story to. Um, the why, why is, is this uh, an important story? And I think this is the key here is that... <clears throat> misused freedom actually creates a kind of slavery. Um, obviously, the, the boys, both boys, are children of the father. They're valuable to him because 
they're his family. Just look at the story. This is kind of astounding. Uh, you know, th- just look at the story. This is kind of astounding. You know, this was um, probably not this father's will that half of his wealth would be uh, washed up pretty quickly. He probably expected both of his boys would stay local and not make any unusual demands. Uh, so that's kind of the father's will for his boys. But it's also his will that he allowed his one son to take what's mine, quote unquote, and go. Uh, you know, he, uh, uh, that was the will of the father as well. You know, he gave him his inheritance in advance. That's unusual. I don't want to go into the details on why, but we know the rest of the story. Um, verse 17 says that uh, the prodigal comes to himself and he knows what he must do. Um, oh no, sorry. There we go. Hopefully I didn't double tap it. Good. He comes to the end of himself uh, and uh, two things happen. Verse 18, he says to himself, I'm, I will arise and go. He's kind of coming up with a plan. He's formulating what needs to happen. Then in verse 20, it says he arises and he goes. So, you know, it's kind of a repeat, but it's one thing to uh, have a plan. It's another thing to actually do the plan. You have to actually do the going or go the doing or I don't know. But you, it's, uh, I'm great at coming up with ideas and plans and all kinds of, of things. I'm maybe not so good at maybe making it happen. Uh, so... That's what happened. Now, now the rest of the story, the father on his part uh, saw him on his way back and then runs to meet him. He didn't wait until he returned. He didn't wait for the apology at first. Didn't, you know, kind of, you know, give me all your receipts and we'll fill out a, you know, a voucher for you. He, he saw him far out. Uh, and then he felt the father felt compassion. And the father runs. And then don't forget this. There's a celebration. There's another party. There's three parties in this chapter. Uh, and it's, it, and the father tells the other son the, in the very last verse, we had to have a party. And who's the we? It's the father. The father has to have the party. There's joy in heaven. Uh, so now we look at the entire chapter here. We, we see the son at work. We see the good shepherd who will do anything, including laying his life down for the sheep. We see the spirit at work through the bride of Christ, stopping at nothing with enthusiasm, stopping at nothing. And we see a father who's, who will let us go if we're determined to go and also runs to receive us once we are determined to come back to him. It's an interesting word, determined. I mean, just in English. You know, we don't have to get into too many foreign languages this morning, but, you know, what, what's determined? I'm determined, you're determined. It's determined that things will happen. It's very much a, you know, is it, was it predestination determined or make up your own mind determined? I'm not sure. But uh, regardless of your approach on that, you can make the case for maybe either one of those approaches in this chapter. But I wanna, I wanna leave you with a verse. I didn't put this on your paper, but you should you know, write this one down if you, if you don't know it already. Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, the last part of verse 12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, but keep going, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. 
So here's the overall how. Sinners draw near, God receives them, and there is joy in heaven. There is the key. It's, it's all about penitence to understand in your heart, I, I'm a sinner. I, 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 have, I have to come to the end of myself. I've got nowhere else to go. I've got to turn around. I've got to come back to God. But who has joy when the lost are found? It's God. It's, his, it's the whole host of heaven. Think about it this way. If you've ever taught somebody how to ride a bike or do a specialized task or watched your child learn to walk, do you think the bike rider is the only happy one? Of course not. The teacher is also very, very happy, but in a different way, in a special way. So I hope you found this chapter encouraging as I have. In some way, it makes me, um, makes me glad to think that in spite of my failures, one day, I don't know what day exactly, uh, but I was some cause for great rejoicing for God himself. So to him be the glory. And I pray that if even now you are coming to the end of yourself, you'll make up your mind to return to the Father. And don't just make up your mind, do it. And I believe the heavenly party will be not like nothing any of us can imagine. God's looking, questions for you this morning. Talk about the fact that God's looking for you, even if you're lost. Uh, what do you think about that? And then what lengths has God gone to to find you? Talk about your own story. Who, who did he use? What did he use? What circumstances? And then finally, how did you know you had come to the end of yourself? And how did you turn back? God is good. Thanks, guys.